mastering of the dungeon. And welcome to the D20 Podcast. This is podcast number eight. Uh, this is Chris. Scott. Corey. I think I'm out in vault. Cisco. <laughs> Corky. And uh, so did we decide we weren't going to roll tonight? We were just going to pick gaming? In honor of uh, Gary Gygax passing. Yeah, I think we can we can fudge the die roll in classic D and D mode. Okay. <laughs> now that we haven't fudged the rolls before, Cisco. Hey, we didn't fudge the roll. Number two. What? Podcast number two. He's got the stuff memorized. I do. I'm the only one who listens to this. No, Beth listens. That's true. Thanks, Beth. I know you hate me, but thank you. I'm picking up radio signals from somewhere else. Radio signals? <laughs> Are they in English? I don't know. I'm the hearing strange speaking in the background. The professor's in the backyard with a set of coconuts, right? I don't... It was very strange. Maybe it's ghost noise. Was it ginger's coconuts? You know, it's like that white noise ghost sound. That movie was horrible. Something like that. <coughs> white noise? It was a film that Michael Keaton should never have done. Does the second one have what's his name? Then he would be doing Rob? no movies because that's like. Sorry. Are you guys done moving mics yet? Oh. Sorry, we're done now. And Starbucks. Huh. So gaming. Dream. One of us. So who's gonna start it? Well, you're the GM. Yeah. So you start. So you direct this, this motley crew of. Whatever you want to describe this as. I don't know. Sorry, excuse for gamers. It's I don't like know. our very own version of the Breakfast Club. I mean, gaming Breakfast Butt? <laughs> breakfast Club. We definitely talked about gaming to a certain degree in other podcasts. I mean, even from the very beginning, we turned the books one into gaming stuff. We turned. Didn't we? Yeah, we got the stuff memorized. Well, I know that we talked about it at one point when you were here because we got into... No, that was in How Did We All Meet. Yeah, I asked Chris how he got into D&D. The meeting one? Well, that one you talked about... I'm just going to recap every recording we've done. You asked him how he got into gaming in the middle of the family podcast. The book one I asked you guys about... I have boob pills. Come on. If you guys you had gotten pills? into the books first or the <laughs> game first. And, I don't know. Oh, the books or the game? Yeah. Yeah. Right, like reading or... I'm playing. Playing. Right. Right. Well, because all of us, well, most of us read the books. And we play D&D and we read the books of D&D. So the question was, which did you get into first? And you had said that you got into it freshly trained because of the books, right? Yeah. You started reading the books and then started playing the game. Yep. <clears throat> I played the game, then read the books. Do you get the sample later? No. Yeah, I played the Remember, box set of D and D, and then I got Star Raiders, which I don't think you even exists anymore. It was an old TSR. Star Raiders. Yeah. Is that like a prequel to Planescape or? No, it was just like a space one. It was had like these flying monkey guys. <laughs> flying monkey guys. Yeah, it did. It had guys with like you know the little flaps. It was they were like flying squirrels, but they were flying monkeys. And did the and they had ray guns and shit, them? you know. And uh, I forget the other races in that one. I just always like the flying monkeys, you know, because you know, it's just cool. I so know what I'm looking for on eBay for your birthday. And then um, flying monkeys. Yeah, I updated my Amazon list. Not like I ever had one before. So yeah, I made an Amazon list. So. <laughs> that was easy. Yay, Scott. Uh, um, and then, I mean, that was all I played until I met John and them. And then we started getting into riffs. And uh, hell, we Cyberpunk. played everything. Cyberpunk was the Girfs. big. Cyberpunk was big. Riffs. Robotech, really big. And yeah. the Robotech and riffs always kind of combined a lot of times. Yeah, because riffs was basically was like the universe better? world. Hmm? Like Where everything, everything combined. Mixed. Yeah. So you can have your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. Your oh, I, we played a game of that. Heroes too. Unlimited and your 
Robotech all in the same world. Okay. And like, oh, here's my little 20-point um, Sparrow character who doesn't even get to fly. All I could afford was glide on him. And I will fight a giant mech. <laughs> Well, it wasn't it wasn't point based like that. No, we had some cool characters. There, it was you could get a weird mix though of characters. Yeah, I think one of my memorable ones was Chris's with the was it the Tasmanian devil guy that ate your own weight in every day. Yep. Yeah. Why did I hear that as ate his own waste every day? I don't know. And my favorite character was always somehow that I, John, of course, because we were you know stupid late night gamers he allowed me to play a character that you're not supposed to be able to play that could take more damage than a robotech ship wow so that was always fun i had the biggest power most powerful ship that you could have and we got a huge battle and i got the ship shot off around me and i was still just floating in there well, i think that's Fine. kind of that one is ship that was out of me. <laughs> but you know it's where's your potty brain tonight it's been a bad week star wars i remember playing with uh Isaac and Ivan, when all they could play were Kenders. The Dragon Lancers. No, D and D. Did you say Isaac and Ivan? Yeah. 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 My first D and D character was a Kender. Yeah. And that's that's basically like, you know, handing the idiot the keys of the starship, saying, "Don't fly this." Just. Yeah. What else we've had? Gerps, Rollmaster. Some odd game where. It was like a reality video game that you jack into. It was like some weird thing. Then you have then, to launch into White Wolf. Shadow then, Punk. yes, the White Wolf. I never really played Shadow Punk. What's the game system called? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I got some me character games. I, I remember one night a cyberpunk that I played the about three hours <laughs> rolling the dice to make synthetic cocaine so I can get money for my character. I think I remember you telling me that. Yes. You're sick. <laughs> you drink enough jolt, that's what you do. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I remember buying games and never even playing them, just like having the games, I, I guess to kind of like figure out what the world is that they were trying to build. There was a game called The Rapture that was so trying to be White Wolf, but really wasn't. And it had to do with, like, angels fighting demons and stuff. And it seemed really cool, but I didn't have anybody that I could really game with at that point. So a lot of it was just sort of reading material and stuff that was supposed to push me towards writing. That's I when read... I worked at the game store. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a friend getting me into these books for a game called Torg, which I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was kind of like Rift's in the fact that it was a bunch of different style of worlds all kind of getting pulled together mm -hmm. and having crossover. Like, there was a, a paladin woman who was um, crossover with a werewolf character, with some cyberpunk character, and all these things just kind of... And the books were really, from what I remember at the time, very good, very interesting. It was a whole series, and I'd like to find those again. But I'll be damned if I ever touched anything as far as the game itself or the mechanics of it it was just great story idea i've had several games i i, I bought the ironwood role-playing game oh yeah yes that was that was interesting see but if you're gonna play ironwood <laughs> you have to play it live action i was gonna say that really needs to be a live action game yeah yeah, yeah. and so uh what the, was it hunter is that the it's white like wolf one that was with the uh humans it's porn yeah we bought that one and i don't think we ever played that yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think there's so much glut out there as far as the games trying to get in on to the one, two, or three that are really the major releases, and all these other ones come out. And if you're not someone who's licensed under the D20... Which they're not, they're revoking that license, right? Or are they just not allowing any more games? Is that... What's the thing with that? They're probably going to stop it and then have people who are interested in working under their license have to go to 4th edition, I would think. Because that's oh. where they're going to make their... It, it's weird because it seems like, yeah, you want to pitch your new 4th edition rules and you want to get everybody on board with that, but you're cutting yourself off. If 4th edition bombs, 
then you don't have anybody paying you for a license for 3.5 that people are still playing. You know, those books exist. They're already out there. Um, that will continue to exist, just like first edition still exists and uh, second edition still exists. Yeah, people still play all those original stuff. I mean, yeah. it's it'll this will be the same thing. People will still play three point five, but people, I mean, four point won't bomb. I mean, they always no, have I'm not people saying to it supply will. the stuff. Um, there's a lot about four at least in the the concept parts of it that I find interesting, um, but. It's still, I mean, it's too soon to tell what the mechanics are going to play like. I don't think that you can get this team of people together and they're going to make a non-playable game. But you take someone like Chris, who's invested a lot into 3.5, and what's going to make him really want to jump to 4.0? I mean, he's he's jumped up so many times already, but this is, look at his collection. He's got a huge collection of stuff. Why is he going to want to make that? that change over to 4.0. What's it really going to benefit know, it's, him? It's such a drastic change this time. So, so so different. Yeah, and so you've got... Well, and I think, for me, from the stuff that I've read, it seems very much like they're going away from the tabletop gaming roots and really trying to snag the World of Warcraft computer game people. There so they're that. making it similar to an encounter online, and that's the last thing in the world I want to play. Yeah, if can, that was what I was looking to play, I would join World of Warcraft. I can see that, and, and I don't even disagree with you, because it, it definitely, that's the first thing I thought when it started saying names and stuff. But, like, when we were um, at that uh, one-on-one, not one-on-one, but when we were talking with R.A. Salvador, and he was talking about how he is writing things now, and it's, it's a different direction, but he looked a lot at how you write books today, and the way that you use language and the way that you kind of bring things across in the way that you write is going to change because of the internet and because of the way that people do instant messaging and the way that they speak is not the same as how people... Raffle mouth. Raffle Yeah, I mean, we're all over 30 now, so, I mean, the people our age and stuff are... They may stick with the old system, but I could see them having to change to meet, you know, for to get a... Keep it fresh and keep it younger. Get a younger audience, more players. Um, We're we're entrenched. There's pretty much D and D players are always going to be D and D players. You know they're they're um, no. You know they may stick with the old system, but they're 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 still going to buy stuff. Right. So I mean, I could see them changing it just to get a new audience. And that's that's where the question comes in: is that why doesn't Wizards of the Coast? Um, make a make money off of the people who have the old systems that are going to keep buying stuff for the old systems as well as push their new system. Because right. if their new system is good, then people will change over and take advantage of it and, and be excited about it and want to play it. But if their new system isn't as strong as they hope it's going to be, at least they still have the potential to get that income from the people who've been doing it all along. It, it's To me, it it comes back to what I'm thinking of in comic books right now. And Windows that Vista. It's, I guess it's sort of Windows Vista. But Microsoft has at least turned around and said, okay, we do have to support XP for a while because people aren't upgrading as much as we would have wanted. Um, but in comic books, they keep trying to get the new reader, keep trying to get the new reader, and so they dumb down comics for new readers, for young readers, as opposed to making just good comics. That's why I stopped reading Spider-Man. Right. You know, it, it, it like, kind of tears it up. It's I've never been a big fan of, to say that this is geared towards a younger audience, it has to be less intelligent. I've never been one to say that um, to get a new audience, we have to totally alienate our old audience. That doesn't make any sense at all. You have to find that middle ground, and people just don't seem to want to take that route. They want to, it's all or nothing, and it shouldn't be, in my opinion. But then I'm not marketing anything, so what do I know? So that, that leads to a mini sidebar rant for me, which is the, the Spider-Man thing. I was, I was talking to the people at the comic book shop who are, you know, fairly young people. And I don't... The guy that changed, you know, that made Spider-Man so he's not married anymore. Right. To appeal to a younger audience. The younger audience has grown up their whole life with Spider-Man being married. Right. Their whole freaking life. You know, I remember when he wasn't, but... 
how is that going? You know, it's been in continuity for twenty years. How does so how, do how is that young audience appealing to a younger audience? Would people that read it now grew up with it and it appealed to them now to make them read it? And they have no excuse because there is Ultimate Spider-Man, which is the appeal to new readers right book and has a young Peter Parker, and yeah, that you have something there that does it. You don't need to change your entire basis for this other character and ruin. 20 years of stories yeah to do the same thing that this other book can do it, it makes no sense i mean they're changing everything else <laughs> they killed off captain america they're, they're you know they're they're changing all this stuff why can't spider-man retain his changes his new powers his new stuff you know and not anyway. only kill off all the old stories but kill off stuff that just in the last year yeah but that's a comic rant and uh yeah hopefully someday we'll roll comics because we have a lot to say on that. Back back to the Gary Gygax thing. I, I don't know if you guys have, have any of you ever read any of his novels. No, I didn't actually know that he wrote novels. He wrote some novels. I've read. He had a whole series of novels that was a uh, half elf, half half halfling was the main character. It's like an elfling. Wow. How yeah. Did that yeah. Meeting come about? Of course not. Silly. It was a thief with you know he had this dagger that could cut through anything and. Um, it was it was pretty good actually. If was I remember it made right, of that material that nice. Chris's friends made their swords out of, so it could cut through anything. They did the science of. Were you no, talking? I doubt it. <laughs> uh, uh, lost me on that one. No, but they were pretty good. Yeah, he wrote several novels actually. I, I, I don't think that was his only series, but that series had a good many. I mean, it had at least three books, possibly as many as five. It was a whole series of stuff. And he wrote, he wrote some other stuff, too. So. That's kind of cool. So, I mean, was it based in the D&D world? Or yeah, was it, it, was, it was D&D. It was definitely D&D What world. edition? How long ago did they come out? Uh, First oh. edition. I want to say sure. early to mid-80s, I think. So, when he was still in control of what D&D yeah, was. Yeah, I believe so. It was kind of at the tail end of, you know. Because I think he stopped writing them when he lost the... When he, when, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he was not a big fan of was just the ghost. No. So I mean, well, didn't he? I honestly don't know a lot of the the continuity as far as progression from the torch being passed or ripped out of somebody's hand. So I mean, he started this whole thing. Where, where does Greenwood fall in this whole line of? Where's when does what? Ed Greenwood, where he, oh. he developed a lot of the. Well, Greenwood's based in Forgotten Realms, right? Right. So that's... Well, because, wasn't it... I mean, did he lose TSR or somebody bought TSR from out from under him? What, what happened TSR there? went bankrupt. TSR right. went bankrupt. But, right, but I read that something happened before it did, because he was happy when TSR had to sell their rights, because he was pissed off at TSR. Mm-hmm. So when TSR sold their rights to, to Wizards of the Coast, I heard that he was actually... Happy because you know they the screwed up. Bomb. Yeah, because he wasn't there anymore. So it's possible. I was reading something about it. I don't really know. It's it's kind of when I got into D and D, there were already the multi existing worlds and stuff. Because the first thing that I really read for D and D was um, the Dragonlance stuff. It was to me the easiest introduction to the the types of characters. Yeah, they have a new young readers one for for that that I want to get for my nephew. Not that I want to get him into D and D too much because he's going to have enough social issues as it is. But <laughs> why, <laughs> why, why is the idea that D and D makes you antisocial when you know the best? Group well, of it makes you more. Had. Yeah, it, I mean it. It what? Okay, when I went first went to Hawaii with Chris, you know when I visited him in Hawaii, it sounds really geeky. But the first thing, you know, the first time I was ever in Hawaii, I went to a gaming convention. D&D gaming convention, and I actually went to a game of Chris's friends. And it's kind of an interesting subculture because I could instantly sit down and talk to them and have something to relate to them, yeah. you know, a, a method to relate with them. And so it was like instant, you're in your comfort zone. You, you, you know, you, you uh, could relate to the people. You're, it's, all, it's all good. It's you like know. when I walk in a comic shop. Yeah, and so it was, it was kind of cool to be able to just people you've never met before and be instantly comfortable and instantly feel right at home, you know? On the other hand, how many of them can actually function socially in the outside world? Oh, 
most of Chris's yeah. friends. I, I, when I played in Sacramento, when I was, you know, out living in Sacramento, some of those guys were pretty bad. I, I couldn't <laughs> handle that. What? What? Just that's what I'm. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, but at the same there were time, some big time total. Uh, <clears throat> at the same time, that doesn't necessarily hmm? have to do with the gaming game convention in Hawaii. Wasn't that bad? I mean, I knew some very very geeky people growing up and they weren't gamers some of them were trekkies i mean they had massive social issues they were brilliant (laughs) brilliant guys i mean to this day i look at some of the science i mean come on no they did they spoke klingon they spoke star trek but trekkies scare me (laughs) they spoke latin there are people who try to speak the elvish language but Uh Anything where you've got a giant group of people represented by a single idea, there's going to be the scary people in it. There's going to be the people who seem like they maybe take it too far. On the other hand, you're at a convention where this so is really the like to really express that. I will always <laughs> like Renfair. I will always remember our convention just because we that that convention I went to was the only one I went to, and we played we played a module that somebody made, and it was polymorphed rust monsters that were bunnies. I mean, <laughs> right up there. <laughs> it was rust bunnies. No, it I was gotta, perfect. It was great. I got to say, one of the cons that dwarves. we went to, we played a version of White Wolf Werewolf. And it was a whole group of Bonar St. Bernards living in the city. And it was just awesome. St. Bernards. It was so much fun. It's weird when they mix things like that, though, because we, we played a GURPS that was vampire was white wolf but it was gerbs yeah mm-hmm. then they convert the rules over and it was just it was just odd you know it's just a whole different thing. i mean it was kind of fun because uh i don't know it was no i'm now i'm getting games mixed up i've been doing this too long i just remember another cyberpunk game that we had vampires in that chris played mike Patton. yeah that was a fun game that's too. awesome that is yeah awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my that thing awesome when i talk to people and i don't I don't hide who I am. I mean, granted, I don't open up to every single person, but if someone asks me anything or if I'm talking about my life, I will not hold anything back. Corey, if you turn towards the mic more, you'll sound less like you're in a tin can. Oh, thank you. Um, But when I talk to people at work and stuff, and I say, you know, well, Friday night we do our role-playing, everyone always asks me, oh, you play D&D? You know, I've always wanted to play that. Or... I've been looking for a group for a long time. It's maybe it's the people that I gravitate towards, but to me, D and D doesn't seem like an antisocial thing. I think it's something that's still kind of underground. It, I, I don't think a lot of people bring it up because they expect it to be non-social. But I think that there's so many people playing it and so many interested, especially just just in the last few years, we've had the Lord of the Rings release. Yeah, there's such a huge fantasy market out there. It that. is and it isn't, because I know, I mean, there's still the stereotypical, you know, smelly gamer that doesn't bathe. Yeah. And then, you know, I... We're mostly Magic the Gathering folks now. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I, I was working, you know, I work on a construction site sometimes. I was working on one this week, and uh, we had that barbecue yesterday, and the construction guys were making fun of somebody that they have working at their place that plays D&D and how much shit they gave them. And it's like, okay, I'll keep my mouth shut about playing <laughs> D&D in this group, you know? So. But I, I think that's that's part of the problem is the fact that not necessarily that you feel ashamed of it, but that you feel like maybe I shouldn't bring it up. And I don't I don't have that stigma on me about pretty much anything because I don't care. I've, I've gotten to the point where I can be self-accepting that anything geeky that I'm into, I wear it like a badge of honor. I'm, I'm proud of it. And again, I, I say it because... I, my closest group of friends Badge I'm together of with like a scar to drive through yes <laughs> my closest group of friends other than Corky uh, <laughs> we, we do these things together you know we're into these things together I, I talk about comics with you guys I talk about RPGs with you guys I, talk I haven't about had a threesome with him and his fiance yet so we'll keep it at that but on the bike shorts <clears throat> not happen ever again well, then you're not getting laid so, I don't see D and D's being the the uh, closeted antisocial thing as much anymore. And yeah, you've got conventions. When you guys were young, it was still well, 
new. I was going to say, I think the other big transition that's happening now is you do have people like Scott and Chris who you know have been playing for 20 plus years and now their kids are all in that mid-range, oh you know, 30 years. 9, 10, 15 even. And it's not like that weird geeky thing that, you know, the corner geeks in the band room do. It's my dad plays D&D. We've got thousands of dollars worth of books and miniatures in our living room. You know, when Corky comes over and he's sitting on our couch on Monday night and the girls are off in the bedroom playing and Corky's drawing something on the couch, it's not uncommon to find our son in his room pulling out his, you know, second edition, mind you, but pulling out his, you know, monster manual and bringing it out and saying, Corky, can you draw this one? Will you draw the beholder for me? You know? He's nine, but he'll tell you what D&D monsters are. Yeah. Because he's growing up in well, when, it being when around it first him. Come, was it 73 or 77? I remember it was one of those 70 years that it, that it first came out. 73 or 74, I believe. Was it that? Okay. Okay. Older than me. Hmm? Older, older than, than me. Yeah. Not quite as old as me. Yeah. <sighs> yeah I don't... I think I think that's a very valid point, Cisco. Is that um, you know you have parents who are teaching their kids D and D. Now you said you were introduced to it by your aunt. Yeah, she bought it for me for Christmas. Right. See, so even she then, had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know I'd worship Satan. Uh, yeah. No, I. I don't. There was a Tom Hanks movie in the old days. Remember yeah, we started watching it. Yeah, I still haven't. They don't want to finish it yet. It's it's a weird movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I own it. Yeah. 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 And the internet has brought a brand new age to gaming. And yeah, it's unfortunate that we feel that maybe it's taking too much over of what role-playing games themselves are. Yeah. By... Well, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that's all personal preference. I mean, some people really, that's what they're looking for. You know, you... I, that's not what I'm looking for because I didn't start out playing D&D. I started out playing White Wolf. I started out playing Vampire. It's, you know, a very social, very persuasive game. You know, it, you're playing the social aspects of the game much more than you're playing, like, the powers and, you know, this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and think... so for me, I'm looking to interact with the rest of the table. And, you know, what skills do I have that I can use your skills to... Or if you're Anne, to... you're going to interact with the table. Yes, but I, I tend not table. to interact with the table. Anne is the one she who interacts with the table. will be a legend forever. She should be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what happens is that video games kind of takes away the role-playing aspect a lot of what RPGs are to people who tabletop. Because right. they concentrate so much on powers and fighting. Granted, I'm a hack and slash guy, but any chance you have at role playing is is almost defeated by those games because they're really about doing cool stuff. <laughs> Are you okay? Did you see that? Did you see that? Uh, Are you going to think thing that he did when D and D Online came out? I'm not sure. You should look it up on YouTube sometime. It was hilarious. He was just talking about how you know D D players now can take out the only chance they have for any painful social interaction by they don't have to interact with anybody to play D D anymore, you know? Which is perfect for me. Yeah. Because I don't That's so really not like true. social interaction. You love the social interaction of the group. Of our group? Yeah. Because I that's feel totally your group. Comfortable here. But yeah, this has become an extension of my home. You guys have become an extension of my family, so yeah, being here I'm okay with it. But if I didn't have you guys, I'd be very easily um, one of those people holed up in their room and maybe make it out to a D&D convention once in a while and see what happens there. See, and weren't you and I just talking about basements the other night? Oh, yeah. I'm all about the basement. <clears throat> you so live in the wrong state, my dear. I know. Basements Never in California basement. are a place to get trapped during the earthquake. <clears throat> okay. 
that where I keep all my stuff, I'm fine with that. Plus, if you rig correctly, you set up a couple explosive charges, and it can be what saves you from the zombies. <laughs> You've been awfully about quiet. The role-playing games. What do you want me to say? I don't know. This is the category that you should have been waiting for your whole life. and I have so many fond <laughs> memories of Chris gaming just rolling dice and him being able to tell you what was on the damn table for rolling <laughs> yeah, up magic items. You'd roll a percentage, he's like, okay, that's uh, potions. Then you roll another percentage, that's, you know, this potion. Or, yeah, Chris you know. can't say anything to, about Corky and me in movie quotes at all when he can name the page that a creature is on or he can he can hear just a brief glimpse of what a character is and go, oh, okay, well, this has got to be what that is or uh -huh. this is what their holy symbol is for that god and... Yeah, totally. I mean, some of my favorite times were just random things that we'd spend almost all night playing with a deck of many things. We'd play poker with <laughs> a deck of many things, and people's arms would fall off. They'd keel over dead. They'd get raped by dragons. I think that was something mm. separate. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that was good times. Major power gaming weird crap that had no, you know basis no serious gamer would play but you know what the hell it was fun we offer into evidence cheeky riding the table yes or <laughs> cheeky sitting on the big floating egg or cheeky being rolled up in the, the carpet or the person that carried a white baby dragon in her backpack Hey, that dragon would have grown up to be very useful if, uh -huh. that, if it hadn't gotten eaten. I think Gordon had some of the the best weird moments. In yes, gaming, with the, so. the. I think Gordon has some of the weird, best weird moments overall. The, the were, the, was it the were pandas and the uh, the world made of jello? Yeah. Yeah. And Shasha's. That was a bit odd. And Shasha. Dance. Or the, or the dwarf that wore the alligator on his head That's and flew around. Yes. Okay, tell me about this. Why? Because he's Gordon. Because he's so he he just he, he didn't killed, randomly find he, an alligator. He killed an alligator. He skinned it. It still had the skull. He wore it on his head and he's a wild around. dwarf or something. Yeah, he flew around with wearing an alligator basically. I totally fit with everything that you've ever gained. I'm not outlandish at all. The hand puppets thing? No. I'm just blending in. You fit with Gordon. <laughs> As a penis cozy. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> but I don't feel like I, I do anything absolutely strange anymore. Gordon just thinks outside the box way more than any of the rest of us. Didn't he have the vampire with the derringer the in his ass? Um, because what did a vampire need its ass for anymore? So it put a gun in there so he could hide it. Yes. <laughs> he also jumped out of an airplane. Did he know how to pull the trigger? In the seat. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, huh? yeah, I, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. He also had <clears throat> the great um, moments of the dribble Coke can. And the cocoa poof. Yeah, the no, cocoa poof. Nothing beats when Pritchett blew yeah. the coke out his nose and it ended up on the wall behind him. Yes, that was classic. I still can't figure out how exactly that happened. And that's not a role-playing thing, that was real life. That, and that was right in front of our eyes. He cut the coke can in front of us all, set it down in front of him, in front of us all. I think that was Tony, though. That was Tony. He, he did both, yeah. That was Tony, yeah. He dribble cup Tony. That was, yeah. Dude is amazing sometimes. Indeed. Yeah. Um. By the way, I'm supposed to say hi to you. Okay. Tony From. And, and Tony. Oh, okay. It's on one side of the I say hi back then. I know. I haven't seen them in ages. Yeah. Chris, what's the best game that you ever ran? Because I know that you have talked about like putting together your own modules and stuff if you were to take one of the games that you've run which one would you want to actually make a module for 
and why? I don't know. I don't necessarily have desires to make modules at any point in time, per se. Um, I don't think in modules a lot of the time. I don't know. I mean, the game that seemed to last the longest and was the most fun was the vampire game. That was a good one. That was an awesome game. Hmm? The one with the puck hood ornament? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, one. that was one of the best games I've ever played. I love that, that one. Game. And even though it was short-lived, the one that we played with Big Mike with the mixed group, that was a very good game. Where I was the, the mummy and he was uh, the lone human. And I think George was a werewolf. You remember? I don't remember that game. You don't remember that game? That was a great game. Hmm? You got an L in the wolf. Oh. By mistake, probably. Yeah. You're developing a speech impediment. Yeah. I worked long and hard because I got so many, so much teasing from that whole Not a changeling game, Scott? No, not a changeling game. I think I played changeling, what, once? Yeah. And it made you angry? Yeah, for some reason, changeling makes me really angry. It's kind of like my new boss. She makes me really angry for no reason. <laughs> it's like my friends maybe played Changeling once. Once. Is it just because Changeling is so, I don't know, like hanging out with us? Because everyone's just so <laughs> crazy and. No, it's not crazy. I mean, I our vampire game, the one that I really loved, that was uh, Cisco played a Malkavian. It was a great Malkavian. She was crazy. I, I was semi. I've never heard of Cisco playing a Malkavian. My character was semi crazy. That you know, Malkavian was awesome. My character was a Nosferatu who thought he was, you know, thought he she was... She had a camera. Indiana and Jones. And she thought that it's... when she took pictures of things, they disappeared into the film. So she would, like, walk over the tops of cars and things because they just didn't exist in her reality anymore. There was some great social interaction from some old games with, like, say, um, George and um, Pete. That was fun. <laughs> I don't know if fun would be the way I'd describe it. I, would I, I, the was, I thought it was hilarious. I can't personally. believe we're just now mentioning Pete on the podcast. I can. Why? Yeah. I don't know, because Pete, to me, was a huge part of game. And one of the first introductions I had into California in general. I'm sorry. Mine was, was never that big. My, yeah. mine, I think my, well, my you first were, introduction you were, outside of the game. I didn't live do action. Live action. I tried live yeah. action. Couldn't, couldn't you know, it. Mike was an excellent yeah. poster child for live action role playing. He was actually the first person I was he, introduced at live action. He was just you brought so. Me. Mike Rose. Mike Rose. He was just so. Just Google his name and you'll probably find him. Yeah. Who, Mike? <laughs> Maybe. Hmm? The guy is. Yeah, yeah where. I don't remember where he moved. Portland? Well, yeah, that was I don't Portland. remember. I, I know he got married and he yeah, moved. Yeah, I thought it was East Coast. He got married and he moved and he comes back and visits every so often. Like so many other people who come back and visit, Chris and I are like in the negative numbers on the rank of who to visit when you're here. So, yeah. Remember the old days when we used to have a party every Friday? Do you remember when this room used to be just one large piece of couch that went in a complete U all the yep. way around it because we needed seating for like 40 people? Uh-huh. I think well, 40 people might be an exaggeration, but yeah, like 12 or 15. Nah, it was well, more than that. Sometimes it was, it was like a lot more 20. than that. Yeah, it was more like 20. It was about, in the apartment we had a lot of parties too with a lot of people that, and they're all, all game I people. I found pictures of the Our apartment the other day. Our whole circle was game people. Yeah, I mean, I first met you guys. It was over at the apartment on Monday nights. God, that apartment was crappy. I love that apartment. Yeah, what was crappy about it? Yeah. It was so small, and we had those mean old people who lived downstairs. I don't remember the mean old people. I remember the guy that started his car every that Sunday. Yeah, and the, the guy with the loud car. <laughs> when you thought Chris was black. <laughs> I thought Chris was black. <laughs> I don't know why. I just heard a name, got a picture of my head, get... and Chris is black. You wanted him to be perfect? Because that, well, they said he was like me. <laughs> also not black. <laughs> I, I'm from Detroit. That he's black by on the default. I was makes born a poor black, black child. <laughs> <laughs> and you've gone the Michael Jackson route? Maybe. 
Your I'm nose doesn't my, come oh, yeah. off. I'm keeping my child away from you now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, who is your favorite character that you've ever played? Well, that's a tough question for me, actually. Yeah? Well, I had Bracket. Was, was it my, a dwarf? Mine is between <laughs> Bracket Blue and Cole. You know, that's that's Cole was my vampire in the vampire game. Right. Really? What I loved about that game that Chris did was with Cole, he... We would ha we had the whole the whole room set up with a it had a whole atmosphere. We'd turn the lights down. We had candles going, and you know I would sit down and I could instantly get into that character. I, like I would sit down as soon as I sat down at the table, I was freaking paranoid you guys about what was coming. You know, immerse yourself in the actual role playing. Yeah. I have to say too, I loved that Chris used to like type you up messages and things and like weird fonts. Like, didn't he make you learn Greek? He was like, you spent one yeah. night translating a whole page of information that was written in Greek letters. Yeah. That's and then cool. he would also sit, write us notes where that things that we would see and other people wouldn't. Right, pass notes under the table. It. You know, but we would actually tell people, unlike some people that would do things and wouldn't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He missed that whole thing. Scott was saying that... Back in our vampire game, Chris used to pass notes under the table to specific people for things that they would notice or, you know, things that their powers picked up or whatnot. He was referring to the whole and talking Scott, statue thing. And Scott said, yeah, and we would actually tell the rest of the group. God damn it, man. The I swear to God. Or the one room where you... <laughs> the freaking guy. No, I don't tell him the statue is evil. Purple okay, we have to the start the quirky issue page with that. <laughs> The talking statue. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea, and I... And it's his fault. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of that, sort of, and it's something that I think it's missed a lot, um, is that one-on-one -on -one interaction between the DM and the player to kind of help lead the group, but not saying things. I, I remember one time playing with uh, Bob and Misty and all of them, where Bob actually pulled people out of the room individually yes. and would do things. Yeah. Chris that's, how, that. that's how, like, the first game that I played with Todd and Chris that's and Joe was, okay. was that. It was the fact that um, we were actually doing a, a module in Ravenloft, and one of us stepped into a room and it teleported him away. So we had to leave so the GM could talk to that character and tell them what was going on, and then when they were done, we got brought back in. Yeah, see that? And it was just the weirdest concept in the world. I was like, okay, sure. Because how many times do we, as players, sit there and like try to egg on the conversation that one person is having with one other character, and they're having in, in a language that the rest of us don't know, and we're still asking the questions? Oh, yeah, it's the whole am I still unconscious thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Don't eat the totally. fruit. You know, so yeah, I think that's actually really neat, and it it sounds like now, granted, that was a group of people that were you know experienced role players that would get into their characters and stuff, but you know it, that doesn't I have some great moments that I remember i I could picture them in my mind, like with uh you know man juice or when like when you had your boots your of you know. Slippers. Spider climbing? Yeah, spider climbing. climbing. Or when you leapt over, uh, you were trying to jump onto a uh, building wall and you totally leaped over the thing and you're just like <laughs> going right over. Hmm? Fireballs. Fireballs? No, yes. I think the best though is when he. You shot out hit. the side of the wall. No, when he got hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he got hit when he was running across the ceiling. Oh, to the two took, statues. And he took half damage and he dropped out of the ceiling. It turned it, into a rat. It turned into a full size rat. That was the best. Some yeah, mishaps also the mishaps worst. are the no, greatest. I gotta you know? go with you shooting out the side of the building pinball style. Yep. No, that, that was, was so a happy moment for all involved. <laughs> that was awesome. Actually, for all not involved. For all just... not involved, love that moment. You're the only person who dislikes that moment. The rest it was of us so love messed that up. I, had a... I don't think you ever searched a room again after that. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> every time, every character after that. He's playing the thief. I don't know if I want to search, guys. Really? No, the worst was the fact that I, I had to climb all those stairs. I had to climb all those stairs with like <laughs> 10 hit points and fight my way back to the top yeah. in order to get healed. I was like dying. It took me down to like nothing. That's what happened. Nothing what for you is still twice as much hit points as the rest of us. 
I know. And then I had to carry Scott around after he got turned into stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had he had the scroll. Yeah, stone of flesh. <laughs> yeah. See, those are some great moments too. Just the total mishaps where you totally screw up. You know, roll a botch. I I had a game where we were playing me characters. I botched five times in a row. I will always remember that. Is that where you fell down the hill? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is totally something I will always remember, just because it was so screwy. I right, we were running down the hill in Maze Canyon, you kept tripping and falling down the whole hill. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite character is probably my vampire character. Charmaine was just so bizarre, and I mean, the, the levels of Malkavian insanity by the end of that game, yeah. it was just like... Like, I will always remember that time that we were like, where were we? In, like, the rainforest or something. And I used my camera to take a picture of the jaguar that was, like, leaping out of the tree at us. And I was like, oh, it's okay. Meanwhile, everybody else in the group is like, try to fight the jaguar. And I'm like, no, it's on film. It's good. The jaguar is, like, coming to maul me and everybody's trying to step in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Chris? Favorite character? I don't think I, you know, I, I can never pick these favorite things. You guys it, always ask, and I never can pick. Is one. your was um? How about the weird sex changing? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was that? Yeah, that's always a good lead. And what about the weird sex? Was changing that the one, one that became a? a I love lich? my transvestite character. It's my was favorite. That became, was that the one that became a lich? Did that one turn into the, the tree? Yes, the one that the became the lich. Okay. That was, was that the tree one? one? The tree one. The one that ended up being a tree? No. No. That was short-lived, and I don't think he ever got to that point. That was a... We had somebody turn into some weird elephant one time, too. But Elephant? <laughs> yeah. Somebody was turned into, pink? like, a mastodon or something. I don't remember what that was. Just something Were, weird. Was it a... Tatanka? Precursor <laughs> to... <laughs> no, that brings... You know who back in. Yeah, can we not go there? Oh, but we um, have Most so of us didn't. Fun. I think you're the only yeah, one who did. Yeah, I think you're the only one. <laughs> I have no... That totally went over my head. So. That will leave it suspended above. Okay. Like a big, fat, pungent pinata. <laughs> um, Wearing fringe leather. <laughs> smells like cheese. But, uh... <laughs> cross-gendering... What, Chris? What uh, is this? I thought you said crotchless. I was like, <laughs> that character was a character that came into the game late because it was the character I played when I came back from Hawaii. Oh, is that after you came back from the dead? They had already started playing, so you yes. guys were like fifth or sixth level, and we were always using central casting you know, to yeah, make backgrounds for our characters back then. And I got a curse in central casting that said, under stressful situations, my gender would switch. Cool. Uh, so the reason the character's name was Aron was because it was kind of, it went back between Aron and kind of a, I think Ariel was kind of a more feminine name. That's where the purple comes from. Because yeah, purple, purple is both a male and female color. And so for a number of levels with that character, when fights would break out or I was having a hard time with spells or whatnot, I would switch genders. And I would end up traveling for days as a man or days as a woman. Finally, I got the curse fixed, and then that character was one of the higher level ones we ever had because we got yeah. to like thirteenth or fourteenth level before we stopped that game. That one totally reminds me of the Elminster series of books because Elminster. Yes, was, I actually just was, got done reading that. Yeah, Elminster turned into a woman for a while. Yeah, well, twice he actually did it. Yeah, and he was a thief to start with. Yep. Yeah. Or was he a fighter to start? No, with? No, he was a fighter, and then which would be a thief? Thief, and then he became a mage. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, awesome no, then he was a cleric. Well, yeah, the cleric portion in in the series of books was wasn't covered very much. Um, well, it kind of glossed over it because he was a cleric to Mistral, so he was still using some magic spells, right. and then he became a wizard. Right, and then he became the chosen. Yeah, I mean, so like, it was like a her, quadruple like, class chosen. character. Which so, Anne, do we even need to ask what your favorite character is? Cheeky. Cheeky was fun to play. Cheeky was a fun character. Tiny short pants. Johnny had Johnny's moments too. But Johnny's moments were almost always cheeky moments in drag. Yeah, well, there was also the character that I played way, way, way before Cheeky that had the Kenny Rats. Oh, yes. Kenny Rats? Mm hmm. Oh, like from South Park? Mm hmm. 
cool. I love the mage game with where you made the photosynthetic cat. That was the same. That was the same game. Yeah, and it was a mage uh, game and. You had the dog that had the plug-in tail. Plug-in tail. I, I forget what what the reason was. He was a Jack Russell. Yeah. Jack Russell. That's one thing great about all these games is just your imagination could go so I know, I just, crazy I just and remember, go anywhere you want. I just remember Cheeky where she ended up getting the mask. Oh, yeah. Okay. Actually, you know, I had fun with Tony's game where I had the... If she wasn't Malkavian, she certainly should have been character that got all the monkey paws all the time. Oh, yes. I yes. got little kept monkey paws all with, over me. Kept on Is that the one that we were playing the... by camera? Yeah. Where he was on the other end? Yeah. Kept waking up with all the monkey paw prints all over. That was a fun game. It's probably the time that we took the, the mask off of Anne and she passed out. That we took... like real life. Yeah, seriously. What are you doing to Anne? Is the mask made of chloroform? No, well, there was something going on, and, and like we took the mask off and made her pass out in order. I was to... dead. No, <laughs> yes, you were like flipping out. No, no, yeah, you were. I think she was dead, and she had put the. Right, yeah, we 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 did it on purpose because you were. We knew it would knock you unconscious. Yeah, you were flipping out or something. You we were like, like fear. Take off the mask. Take off the mask. And we grabbed the mask and pulled it off you, so you would go unconscious. Yeah, because I was dead. I was dead, and yeah. when you put the mask on, that was she the only way I could come come back from the dead. Right, but we took it off you yeah, after so that. And then you dropped. I, yeah, you killed me. Corky, your favorite character? I don't know. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun with the, the last game, with the Minotaur and and that. I mean, Pirate Minotaur. Flame knives. Awesome. Uh, I love the fact that... <laughs> Um, and Chris probably just did one of his Chris moments and like, okay, when I criticaled with the dead guard on the other guard. Oh, yeah. When you He's, attack people with other, other people. people. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. Or your coup no, de gras I, against the main bad guy that was like. Yeah, that was Cisco awesome. paralyzed and you just <coughs> one hit and he was dead. But no, I mean, I think, I think the first character, uh, Fender was probably my most favorite because I had... What, do you remember why you named him Fender? I named him Fender because it was actually a dwarf that got killed off in the Crystal Shard. Oh, because you told me that you named him after the fact that I had met Joe Satriani. Well, that was the other reason. Because you had told me that week and I was like, okay, well, an ode to you uh, in, in your infinite greatness. But no, that was it, was... it was a character that I just thought was a cool name. Um... Character that spent most of his time paralyzed. Yes, I. Yes. Until I got the ring of free movement. And then they turned you against us and you started attacking the group. And we had no way to stop you. Yes. But no, I mean, it was a lot of fun because, I mean, we definitely had a game. system. We, we had a system with that entire group. Wasn't yeah. that standard door procedure? A standard door procedure? Yeah, we'd have Tink go up to the door and check everything and then back off and then. I would jump in, and then the monk would roll in after me, and then the fireball, fireball would come over both your heads. And then the door would close, and they would open briefly, and then, you know, a couple rounds later, the cleric would roll in. I'm amazed you remember the name <coughs> of Stu's character. <coughs> I what, Tink Tinkerton. That's awesome. Okay, who the hell am I? I remember yeah, freaking everything. With I the barely exception remember of... that that game had Stu here. Well. Yeah, we hit, we had Stu and then the Carolyn. Yeah, uh, and we haven't even talked about. Well, I remember the and we had Carolyn show up with her with her two friends. <sighs> Carolyn. Yeah, but I so thought we cute. switched to Silvery Sentinels when Caroline. Caroline was was occasionally with us while we were playing the other game, and then she actually played with played, us when we played Silver Age Sentinels because she was dropping the pumpkins on people. Yeah, that was she wasn't so awesome. dropping, Oh yeah, she turned them into pumpkins. Yeah, she yeah, turned so. people into <laughs> pumpkins. And they dropped on other people. I did like Silver Age Sentinels. It was a fun game. It was it was alright. It was it was interesting. I had a hard time dealing with that though. Well, I, I like you know me. I just like making characters. So I was having fun with all the powers and making different things. Right. I mean, one of my favorite characters I made was a total NPC that I think you guys wiped the floor with, which was a uh, uh, like an earthquake generating one that could basically fly by making earthquakes on the ground and using the vibrations to basically sail along the ground. And that was just a fun thing to come up with, you know, just yeah, 
just use your imagination and come up with weird shit with the powers. It was just fun. I have to say, it takes a lot to be a GM. Oh, God. It totally I mean, with this group, especially. I, yeah, exactly. Especially I, with this group. I don't, but, I don't know how you do it, Chris. I mean, a lot of people... I'm glad he does, because I've, I've tried... Drugs? Them. Heavily drugged. <laughs> yeah. You are That's how I get through work, too. He needs a lot of neck massages from all the head shaking he does when we're talking. I mean, I've tried to give, you know, Chris breasts every once in a while so he could play. And, Did you and say breasts? GM. Yeah. <laughs> and going to provide that later. It's just, you know, it, it is well, 24 hour comic book day part two is coming up soon, so. The prize. Theoretically, that should be next weekend, right? Isn't it like 17? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not ready for March. Not going to happen. Trying to get the studio running. The 17th. In that same pace. Oh, that would be a great combo. What? St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day in 24 hour combo. Oh, Christ. Green beer. Green beer. Green beer. Yes. Okay, so anybody. How many totally fans can you draw topic? from the toilet? I'll take off the, take off the day from okay. my birthday and hang out with you guys. No. Be cool. What? You've what? seen the IHOP commercials with the Horton Here's a Who pancakes and stuff? No. Yes. No. My no. kids so want to go to IHOP. Don't do it. IHOP sucks. The IHOP in Petaluma is actually pretty good. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know off. if the Denny's around here has improved, but there's a Denny's down in Morgan Hill that's actually quite good. I Denny's. Used to never go to Denny's. What a perfect entry for, for RPGs games. because Denny's and games seems to go together Caros. so well. Caro's too. Lions. Oh yeah, Caro's we played a lot. Oh, Caro's really. It was all about Silverman's. Lions when they still had the smoking section. Oh God. All the clove smoke. Oh God. Yeah. Cattleman's gold. Did other people Cattleman's smoke clothes besides John? I was yes. associated John. No, John, John was like the main chimney, but there was like a whole perimeter around John that all smoked clothes also. Speaking of which. I did, but only when role playing. <clears throat> I, I admire the fact that you yeah. learned how to smoke clothes for a character. Speaking of which, we need oh, to God. change my little photo on the yes. web page. I mentioned that months ago. That's one of our goals for this weekend. We'll take one after this. Yes, we'll take a new picture. No, 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 no. Because no, I need a He needs new... his shirt. What shirt? Yes. He could just go shirtless. And he oh, can be, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Chippendale picture. Then we might get some non-imaginary friends. <laughs> no. No, they're like, wow, he's he's 35 and he's flabby as all hell and he works retail. Yeah, you're flabby? Excuse me, I'm like this close to being harpooned. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I will not go to Aaron Beach with her? It's never gonna fucking happen. I didn't think Scott was that desperate yet. Okay, so maybe. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, you you've known me longer than anybody else here. I mean, compared to what I used to look like, yes, I am flabby. Uh, I've never really spent a lot of time around you shirtless, so I can't oh, say yeah. not not like I was bashful or anything even back then. So no, I've seen you. <clears throat> share my overalls with people this Whoa. is going in such a really wrong direction <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to tell you right now everyone getting stripped down to my overalls and i was room. i was gonna go a little bit more out. those the most shocking thing i ever saw was uh when pritchett donkey took, show when pritchett took off his shirt and how white that dude is <laughs> seriously he's when, like depeche mode white when, when we went spelunking <laughs> <they've gone. laughs> How much sugar did she have before I got here? <laughs> it's almost as bad as the whole fat. Um, I liked on. Um, I actually missed the druid with the Gwen. I miss. I missed that. The what? The druid when Cisco was the druid and she had the Gwen. Yeah. That was awesome. And the bear. That was cool. Did she have a bear? I did have yeah. a bear. Yeah. Well, at one point you had That's actually... That's why I needed the Glen. Well, the at one point you had befriended a bear that we found, and you had two bears running down the hallway, plowing the road. <laughs> Everybody awesome. running from the bears. bears. That was awesome. Druids are a great class. It, it's sort of a weird side class because they don't heal enough <clears throat> to really replace the cleric, but... They're such a cool class. The first character I played in a real extended D&D game was a druid. And I really enjoyed playing that character. They're just... Something about them that's... You've been waiting a long time to play one again now. Oh, because they're not going to be alone. They're not in the first release of 4th edition. 
Wow. Well, they gotta have yeah, something doing... to come out with later to get more money. Right. What are they doing away with? Druids? Gnomes? Gnomes. Druids, Damn monks, what? gnomes. No gnomes? Rangers. Yeah, that's messed up. Oh, no, I think the rangers are Rangers there. Are they rangers replacing them with something? The scouts. Uh, Drow are in there. Um, tieflings are in there. Tieflings, okay. Um, tieflings? Are tieflings the ones that they're saying, like, are the Is perfect... That, like, they knock their enemy down and teabag them? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tieflings are the demonic-looking characters. Right? And isn't it a tiefling warlock? We, we need a demonstration to the works. Kind of, yeah. No... Um, yeah, two dogs it, in a tub. There's, but that's most of the books. It's like that you get your core classes in the very first book, and then you get the expansion books, and it kind of builds in. So, so I now you're not getting the core classes. You're getting. Are we just having a conversation? You're getting weird classes. Over on the set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what it devolves into. Yes, we're actually at no. an hour. We we were commenting on the tiefling. I know, but it's, yeah, this this one this particular podcast is seems to be more uh, random and and chaotic than our usual one. It's Anne. I highly recommend you Anne listen Paul. to any of our podcasts because they're I, they're so all totally chaotic, chaotic, but this one is even more so. And maybe because Chris is not in a talkative mood, and it's you know it's us, but I, I just. I, I think also our recollections are just we have so many good favorite moments that are from so many different jumbled up games. Like, like you said, I've been playing I've been playing this thing for thirty years. I have so many different games and things that are all mixed up in my mind now. Right. I think this will also go down in history as the podcast where you talked the most. Not just compared to you, but I mean compared to the rest of us. You run this podcast. Not really. So all we have to do is get Scott a good category. We need to get porn. Well, every time you guys have a good category, I've always been gone. And vomit it needs to be a category. Actually, I wouldn't have talked much about the 80s one. Yes. <laughs> vomit. I just remembered that for a while there, we couldn't have a game without somebody throwing up. And it, Yeah. And whenever you threw up, it was always on me for some reason. But, you know. And you weren't even There's a term for that. But and then we'd always shoot each that. other, too. Yeah, but, you know. Say, that you was when I was talking about you shooting me. Yeah. Oh, well, and then I shot Pritchett too. You did. Yeah, and I think Pritchett shot us as well. But yeah. Yes. I broke his hand. Yeah, you broke his hand. Wow, that was a fun game. Is this a what, category? What about, what what about the flip top vampire? Flip top head vampire. <laughs> that's right. I remember that. I remember that Pez. You didn't play that. that one. Wasn't very long that you played him though, was it? No, it was another one of those make characters on a Sunday afternoon just for the heck of it and play him twice. A lot of quick yeah. start, quick end games. <sighs> I had, I mean, my game that I did was short, that I, but I remember GMing it. It was just kind of fun because like I, I got to have my imagination run with these guys and make kind of. different things. You know, like, uh, I, I, in, at least in my head, I got to run it to the end, even <clears> though <throat> we didn't play to the end, but I got to make end stories for all the characters. That's the thing that kind of kills me about the idea of doing a, a DM is that, not doing a DM, like, Chris, come here, let me cuddle you. But I come up with a story for a game if I'm going to try to run it, and it really does Mess. not work for me if anybody deviates from the story in any way. Because oh, yeah. I'm a writer, so I've like I've got a direction I want to go in, which is weird because most of my writing is so random. I have no clue going in what I'm doing. And the rest yeah, of us would bug. know that if you ever wrote anything for the site. He's actually working on a project right now. I, I'm working on a project. I have a couple other things that have been in my head. Work on the project. But I'm I'm promising myself that this month I'm making headway on a project that I that I kind of owe work on. And uh, I'm talking to the other person from that on Sunday night. So we'll see. I've, I've been kind of privy to a lot of it, not as much as Anne. So um, you're caught up. But. I've, I, I guess I'm responsible for some of the re-inspiration for March. Um, yep. I don't know how Kick because. Ass. Well, Corky is also great because Corky is the quoter, and will throw stuff at me that I've written and like get my brain back on track again. You know, he'll. I'm just, just gonna take little... a shirt like this and write the word "cluck" on it and wear it around the house. <laughs> yeah. 
more inspiring on bike roads. <clears throat> I told you. Not <laughs> so should we call it good? I think uh, we got somewhere with it. So thank you, Scott, mm-hmm. for pushing us along. And uh, obviously, so playing. And I was the one that I was super tired when we started this. So all it takes is a little bit of nipple rubbing, and mm-hmm. you're right as rain. We'll call this podcast number eight, the Babble Podcast. The Babble. We mostly say it on subject. Subject. We we talked mostly about game. Better for us than usual. Isn't it like our normal games? How often you know our oh, this is, our games? This is this is pretty much like a game. If we really wanted this, this to be like a much game normally, podcast, uh, there would be chips and chocolate in the center and, and a peep. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. I've got peeps. Don't They're in the talk kitchen. To me about the peeps. We'll talk about game food on the next time we roll. Actually, roll gaming for the uh, podcast. Igor bars. Its own category. Igor bars. Oh. Okay. All about the peep. Well, then I guess that uh, brings. Fried cheese. <clears throat> it's almost Easter. Podcast number eight <laughs> to a close. Take One a way of putting cup. it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, sign us off. There's no sign off. Oh yeah, there's your official goodbyes. Official goodbyes. Yes. What was our goodbye? I, I don't remember. Well, this is Chris. This is Chris. Scott. Corey. Sorry, who will not, not be? And Cisco. Corky. And that's podcast number eight. Check yes. out the site. Get us on iTunes. All the good stuff. We'll be more awake next time. Thank you, Dixie Cup. <laughs>